I have in my life, it's probably have more than this, but I, but I know of, I can recount the stories of at least five times in my life when I felt something inside of me change. When I felt a movement of God or of the Spirit where I, 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 after these moments, I was changed. I was different. I can count at least five times in my life where I know that's happened. The first was when I was a senior in high school and I made the decision to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. When I made the decision to put my whole and complete faith in Him when I was a senior in high school, I felt in that moment in my bedroom when I prayed, I felt God change something inside of me. I felt my burdens wash away. I felt forgiven. I felt cleansed. I felt redeemed. I felt from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, something inside of me changed when I made that decision to follow Christ. The next time I felt something happen like that was on March 10th, 2001, when in the Sanctuary of Johnson Chapel, United Methodist Church, when the preacher took Holly Calcoat's hand out of her daddy's hand, and put her hand in my hand. Something changed. In that moment, at that altar, I felt something different inside of me change. Where I knew at this point my life was not my own to live. But that I'd been given a precious responsibility and a precious gift to be a husband. The next two times were June 13th, 2004 and August 26, 2006. When Sarah and Thomas were born. And I knew at that moment, I got bumped further down the list of important things in my life. And I knew now that I did not live just for me. I did not just live for Holly. But I lived, and I was to lay down my life for these two precious children that the Lord had entrusted to me and to Holly. So I felt in those four moments, I felt literally, I know it sounds like a crazy preacher man thing here. But I felt something inside of me change in those moments. And the, the other time when I felt something inside of me change was right down the road at Christ UMC at annual conference in 2006, I believe it was, when kneeling at the altar and Bishop Ward and Bishop Lee and a guest bishop from Nigeria laid hands upon me and, and told me to take thou authority. And I was ordained as an elder in the United Methodist Church. I took that vow to God to live my life by word, by sacrament, and by order. And I felt something inside of me change in that moment when I had the hand placed upon me, the prayers prayed over me, and the vows that I made to God. I felt something different happen. The big fancy theological word is it's an ontological change. The way we say it in Bogachita is this, my innards changed. <laughs> Something different happened after that, y'all. But that last one, that ordination where I made a promise to God and I made a vow to God to live my life by word, by sacrament, and by order, to preach the word of God with boldness and authority at every chance I get. When I took the vow to live my life by order, to order my life by the book of discipline, and to give over command of where I'm going and go where I'm sent and live under that authority from God, and to, and to give the holy sacraments. Y'all, 
Like, I like the preaching part. Preaching's fun. I don't know if y'all enjoy hearing it, but I sure enjoy saying it. Um, but that's the ice cream on top of the Sunday to me. Or is that the right phrase? The, the cake on top of the something? You've got me messed up with dessert now, Tim, so you're in my head now. That's the fun part. But the best part about me about ministry is giving you the sacraments. Being able to be an agent, being able to be a tool that God can use to give you grace. Because in things like baptism, in things like communion, God moves in these elements. And God is extending to you this gift of grace. So last Sunday, when we do a baptism, y'all, that's good stuff. God is marking that child or marking that adult as his very own, as one that he died for, as one that he longs to redeem, as one that he longs to be in relationship with. And the fact that God uses me just in some small piece, though as vile as I am, as we just sang, is utterly amazing to me. Wow. And on days like today, we get to take communion. Today's a special day in the life of the church. Today is a day called World Communion Sunday. On our, our beautiful table. I hope you always know it's on communion, the table. But today especially, we have chalices from across the world. We have a globe there meant to symbolize that, that there are churches across the world in every nation, in every land, coming together now around Christ's table, joining together as one, as the body to take this blessed sacrament. There's nothing better to me, y'all, than being able to be an agent of grace that God can somehow in some small way move through things that we do here where you can receive grace through communion. That's good stuff, y'all. That's my highest privilege as your pastor is to get to serve you communion monthly. When we do communion, you may have noticed, you know, there's a lot of movement, a lot of little things happening here. You'll notice today when we, when we come to take communion, I will come behind the, I'll come behind the table here, the altar here now. I'll lift up the bread and you'll see it and remind of his body that was broken. I'll take, the, I'll take the cup and lift up the juice and you'll see it. It'll be a reminder of his blood that was shed. By the way, we do not approach communion out of fear of our sin. We approach communion out of joy of our forgiveness. You are forgiven. Are you worthy to receive it? Well, no, neither am I. None of us are. That's why it's called grace. If we've got to earn it, it's not grace. It's a wage. We are saved by grace. The gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin are death. All we've ever earned is judgment, and all we've ever received is grace. That's awesome. We've earned judgment and gotten grace. That's phenomenal. So we approach communion not out of fear of sin, but out of joy of forgiveness. You are forgiven. That's awesome. But when when we do the, the communion liturgy, the prayers we pray and the words I say, there's a... There's a, there's a line in that prayer which might be my favorite thing that I ever say in the church. It's when, it's when I'm back here and we've already blessed it. We've already, we've already recognized it and I'm praying. And I say this right here. I say, make this be for us the body and blood of Christ 
that we may be for the world the body of Christ. Make this be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ. Y'all, we do not exist for ourselves. The church is the only organization that exists for those that are not yet members. The church is always one generation away from extinction. Because if no one is converted and no one is saved, the church ceases to exist. We do not exist for ourselves. We are not a social club. We are not an inward party. We are the body of Christ. And if we choose to exist for ourselves, if we choose to live only for ourselves, if we choose to use our resources and our gifts only for ourselves, then let's close the doors. Because we have ceased to be the body of Christ. Make this be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. We exist to make a difference in Madison County. We exist to make a difference in the world. And if we choose not to do that, then we are not being faithful. No matter how big the crowd is, no matter how good the offering is, no matter any of these things. If we are not being faithful to our call to take the good news of Jesus Christ to the world, then we are not being faithful, period. As I told the SPRC when I came here for my first meeting, I'm not being sent by the conference. I'm not being sent by God to grow this church. I have not been sent by the conference, and I have not been sent by God to meet a budget. I have not been sent by the conference, and I have not been sent by God to pay our portions. I have been sent by God and sent by the conference to help us build the kingdom. And if we build the kingdom, God will take care of the church. If we focus on the church, we may kill it. We've got to build the kingdom of God. Make this be for us the body of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. In a world of fear, in a world of doubt, in a world of coarsening, the world has never needed the church to more be the church than right now. Y'all, they're children five miles anyway away from this church that go to bed at night each night hungry. That's sinful. There are older adults that are members of our body that sit alone in nursing homes, forgotten. That's sinful. There are individuals all around us that do not know the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And we cannot hide our light under a bushel. We've been given this grace, given this mercy, given this hope, and we got to let it out. We got to share it with all the world. Make this be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ. That is our mission.
See, this is stewardship. Stewardship's got very little to do with your wallet. Well, it does kind of. We're going to talk about that next week. So, It's got to do with your devotion. Because here's the thing, y'all. If Jesus has your heart, he'll have your wallet. He'll have your calendar. He'll have your life. Because frankly, I mean, sometimes he's to write a check than it is to serve, isn't it? He needs all of us, y'all. And the world needs all of us. Every Sunday we have in our newsletter, on the top of our newsletter, the statement, we are a family of faith reaching out to share the life-changing love and grace of Jesus Christ. If you follow me on social media, you see I use the hashtag life changers a lot, talking about our church. That's our vision, y'all. That's the vision this church came up with years ago. To reach out with the life-changing love and grace of Jesus Christ. See, I told her, I went wandering in Sunday school today, and I stumbled upon a class, and I started preaching because that's what I do. And um, I said, y'all, you know what my problem is? This is my problem. Well, I got a lot of problems. This is the main one. I believe this stuff. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> I mean, I believe God raised Christ from the dead. I believe he's coming back. And I believe he can restore any life. I believe this stuff, y'all. And yeah, I get a little excited and I talk a little fast and I get a little carried away, but I can't help it because God is good and he changes lives. He is not dead. He's alive and roaring and he changes lives. And we as a church are called, we've said we would reach out with the life-changing love and grace of Jesus Christ. Those folks that started this church years ago, they had a problem too. They knew God called them something big. And so they took a chance. They moved up here to Madison the conference wanted to give them a piece of property they didn't like. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We want this property here. And with great personal challenges and great personal trials and great personal debt and great personal fear, those brave saints said, no, we're going to make a difference. We're going we're to do this because God has called us to it. And y'all, during this month of October, that's what I want to renew. I want to renew that courage that our, that our charter members had. I want to renew that passion that these original folks had to say, this is crazy and we don't care because we are called to it. We know that we must. We know that we have to. That's who we are here at St. Matthew's, y'all. That's our birth. That's our DNA. And we need to renew that every day of our lives. That's my prayer for myself this month of October, is that I can have that passion renewed. I can have that courage renewed. I can have that dedication renewed, that the same fire that those individuals that started this church had can be the same fire that I have. 
knowing that, yeah, it'll be challenging, and it'll be tough, and it'll be problems. But y'all, Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. And y'all, the world needs us to be the church. Madison County needs us to be the church. The Jackson metro area needs us to be the church. The world needs us to be the church. And that's our calling to renew, to renew that passion, to renew that vision, to renew that devotion, to live out the life changing power and grace of Jesus Christ. And if we do that, imagine if we all did that, y'all. John Wesley said, I need no more than a hundred men, I care neither they be clergy or lay, who fear, who desire nothing but God and fear nothing but sin, and we will shake the foundations of hell. If the church truly renews itself, we'll put the devil on the run and we'll shake the foundations of hell. You know why? Because Jesus said we would. And the gates of hell will not triumph against Christ and his church. I believe this stuff, y'all. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do here. I can't wait to see what God does here. May we renew ourselves. Let's pray.